0: Welcome to His Word Heals. You can also visit us online at www.hiswordheals.com. As always, my prayer is, Father, that my words would fall to the ground if any are in this message, but that yours would be received and would not come back void as you promise. In Yeshua's name, I pray. In today's message, we are going to look at the Song of Moses, the Song of the Lamb, and the New Song all in relationship to each other, the book of Revelation, and ultimately the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. First, I will read passages from Exodus and Leviticus regarding Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, so that the imagery and purpose of that day will be fresh in our minds. So let's read a few verses from Exodus chapters 28 and 29 regarding white priestly garments. Exodus 28 verse 39, you shall skillfully weave the tunic of fine linen, which actually in the Hebrew means white, fine white linen thread, you shall make the turban of fine or white linen, and you shall make the sash of woven work. Exodus 29 verses 5 through 9, then you shall take the garments, put the tunic on Aaron and the robe of the ephod, the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the intricately woven band of the ephod. You shall put the turban on his head, and put the holy crown on the turban. You shall take the anointing oil, pour it on his head, and anoint him. Then you shall bring his sons, and put tunics on them. You shall gird them with the sashes, Aaron and his sons, and put the hats on them. Same chapter, Exodus 29, skipping to verses 29 and 30, and then verse 37. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. These are the white linen garments we just read about. That son who becomes priest in his place shall put them on for seven days when he enters the tabernacle of meeting to minister in the holy place. Verse 37, seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar must be holy, or set apart. Now, from Exodus chapter 30, we'll read about the altar of incense. You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. Verse 3, you shall overlay its top, its sides all around, and its horns with pure gold. You shall make for it a molding of gold all around. So the horns are gold, the golden altar. Verse 6 through 8, You shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn on it a sweet incense every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn incense on it, and when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before Yahweh throughout your generations. Verse 10, And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns— the golden horns of the golden altar of incense, once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement, and the sin offering of atonement is the goat to Yahweh, as we'll see in just a bit, once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations, it is most holy to Yahweh. Now let's read more detailed instructions regarding the altar of incense and the day of atonement. In Leviticus chapter 16 verses 1 through 34. Now Yahweh spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire before Yahweh and died. And Yahweh said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Thus Aaron shall come toward the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering, and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic, which is the white linen garments, and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash, and with the linen turban he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel Two kids of the goats as sin offering, and one ram as burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before Yahweh at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for yahweh and the other lot for the scapegoat and aaron shall bring the goat on which yahweh's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering but the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before yahweh to make atonement upon it, and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin-offering which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as the sin-offering which is for himself. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before Yahweh, and remember that, he takes a censer of burning coals from the fire before the altar, Actually, I want to insert some verses from Revelation 8 right here just so that you can see that Revelation is a Yom Kippur service. So with compare what we just read to Revelation 8 starting in verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before Elohim, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before Elohim from the angel's hand." Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Now let's continue on in Leviticus reading about the Yom Kippur service. From the altar before Yahweh, with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and brings it inside the veil, and this is again during the Day of Atonement. And he shall put the incense on the fire before Yahweh, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side, and before the mercy seat he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring its blood inside the veil, do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat, and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place, because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel, and because of their transgressions, for all their sins, and so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting, when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place." until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. And he shall go out to the altar that is before Yahweh, and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood, and this is the golden altar that is before the veil, just outside the Holy of Holies. He shall make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull, and some of the blood of the goat, and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting, and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to the uninhabited land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. And we've done several more detailed messages regarding the two goats of Yom Kippur and you can find those on our website at www.hiswordheals.com so we're not going to go into that right here. We are focusing on the Yom Kippur white linen garments, the Yom Kippur sacrifices where the blood is put on the four horns of the altar, and how this imagery appears in the book of Revelation and in relation to the Song of Moses and the Song of the Lamb. Skipping to verse 29 This shall be a statute forever for you, in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls, and do no work at all, whether a native of your own country, or a stranger who dwells among you. For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you, to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before Yahweh. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls, it is a statute forever." Just a thought of my own, but perhaps if we afflict our own souls on Yom Kippur, we will be spared the affliction of the Yom Kippur tribulation of Revelation. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated to minister as priest in his father's place shall make atonement and put on the linen clothes, the white linen garments, the holy garments, then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tabernacle of meeting, and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests, and for all the people of the assembly. This shall be an everlasting statute for you, to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year, and he did as Yahweh commanded Moses. Now keeping those instructions and imagery in mind, Let's read Hebrews chapters 8 and 9, and then we'll move to Revelation chapter 9 as well. Hebrews chapter 8. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Of course, speaking of Yeshua and comparing him to the high priest we just read about in the book of Leviticus. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which... Yahweh erected, and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, which we just read about, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant, the covenant with the blood of bulls and goats, had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, behold, the days are coming, says Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says Yahweh, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yahweh. I will put my laws in their mind, and write them on their hearts, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, Know Yahweh, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says, A new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away, and that would be the old covenant with the blood of bulls and goats was ready to vanish away, which it did when the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Then indeed even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary, for a tabernacle was prepared the first part, in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, and behind the second veil the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, or the holy of holies, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant, overlaid on all sides with gold, in which were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant, and above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat." Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things had been thus prepared, the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the services, but into the second part, which is the Holy of Holies, the high priest went alone once a year, that was on the Day of Atonement, as we just read, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all, was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience, concerned only with foods and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of Reformation." But Messiah came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. So again, as we were told earlier, the tabernacle on earth that Moses was instructed to make and that the sacrifices were performed on earth within was but a mere copy of those things that are real and stand in heaven even to this day not without the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh how much more shall the blood of messiah who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to elohim Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living Elohim, and for this reason he is the mediator of the new or renewed covenant, with better promises, I might add, as we just saw, by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. So, his death was for redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant. The first covenant showed us our sins by giving us the law of Yahweh and how we should behave and the consequences for not behaving that way, which is death, that first covenant which was broken, starting with the time of Adam and continuing on through the nation of Israel. Those transgressions are why Yeshua died, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant. For where there is a testament, or a will, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator, or the one who wills it. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Therefore not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, This is the blood of the covenant which Yahweh has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry, and according to the law almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission or forgiveness. Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Messiah has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of Elohim for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world." But now, once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Messiah was offered once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. What an excellent explanation of both the first and the renewed or new covenant, the first and second covenants. The laws didn't change, the rules didn't change, but the method of cleansing us of our sins, of our redemption, of our atonement, changed from the blood of bulls and goats to the perfect blood of Messiah Yeshua. Now let's read Revelation chapter 9 verses 13 through 21. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before Elohim. So whose voice would this be, coming from the four horns of the golden altar? Well, we just saw that the blood of atonement, the atonement sacrifice, is applied to the four horns of the golden altar. If Yeshua is that ultimate sacrifice in heaven on the four horns of the heavenly golden altar, then the voice from the four horns of the golden altar would be his, would it not? Saying to the sixth angel, who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was two hundred million, I heard the number of them, and thus I saw... The horses, in the vision, those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues a third of mankind was killed, by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm.' But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders, or of their sorceries, or of their sexual immorality, or their thefts. So this is the voice of Yeshua, his blood, coming from the four horns of the golden altar, which was shed for the atonement of mankind, for all of those who would repent of their sins and their transgressions against Yahweh and against His laws and His rules and His creation. Those that are not atoned for are judged. Again, remembering the white priestly garments and the blood of atonement on the four horns of the altar, let's read Revelation chapter 15. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, Seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of Elohim is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having the harps of Elohim. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of Elohim, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works. Yahweh Elohim Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the set-apart ones. Who shall not fear you, O Yahweh, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. And according to the notations in the New King James Version, what they were saying comes from Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Psalms and Leviticus. So these are just parts of the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, as we will see. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened, and out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues clothed in pure, bright, white linen, These are the priestly garments, and having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of Elohim, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of Elohim and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were complete. This leads us to the Song of Moses from Deuteronomy 32, which was quoted in part of what they said, and what we believe may well be the Song of the Lamb from Second Samuel. So let's start with Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 29, which sets up the Song of Moses, which is chapter 32. For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way, which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of Yahweh, to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Then Moses spoke in the hearing of all the assembly of Israel the words of this song until it were ended. So this is the song of Moses. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distil as the dew, as raindrops on the tender herb, and as showers on the grass. For I proclaim the name of Yahweh. Ascribe greatness to our Elohim. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, an Elohim of truth, and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. They have corrupted themselves. They are not his children, because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. Do you thus deal with Yahweh, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father who bought you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you when the Most High divided their inheritance to the nations, when He separated the sons of Adam, He set the boundaries of the peoples, according to the number of the children of Israel. For Yahweh's portion is His people, Jacob is the place of His inheritance. He found Him in the desert land, and in the wasteland a howling wilderness. He encircled Him, He instructed Him, He kept Him as the apple of His eye. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. So Yahweh alone led him, and there was no foreign god with him. He made him ride in the heights of the earth, that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from the rock, and oil from the flinty rock, curds from the cattle, and milk from the flock. With the fat of lambs and rams, of the breed of Bashan, and goats, with the choicest wheat. And you drank wine, the blood of grapes. But Yeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, you grew thick, you are obese. Then he forsook Elohim who made him, and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. With abominations they provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons, not to Elohim to gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals, that your fathers did not fear. Of the rock who begot you, you are unmindful, and have forgotten the Elohim who fathered you. And when Yahweh saw it, he spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them, I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. They have provoked me to jealousy by what is not God. They have moved me to anger by their foolish idols. But I will provoke them to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move them to anger by a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in my anger, and shall burn to the lowest hell. It shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters on them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger, devoured by pestilence and bitter destruction. I will also send against them the teeth of beasts, with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword shall destroy outside. There shall be terror within, for the young man and virgin, the nursing child with the man of gray hairs. I would have said, I will dash them in pieces. I will make the memory of them to cease from among men had i not feared the wrath of the enemy lest their adversaries should misunderstand lest they should say our hand is high and it is not yahweh who has done all this for they are a nation void of counsel nor is there any understanding in them oh that they were wise that they understood this that they would consider their latter end How could one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, unless their rock had sold them, and Yahweh had surrendered them,